What I'd like to think is they've sat down in a room before they've recorded this and everybody's written themselves dialogue, but they've got no idea what any of the other characters are going to say. So it doesn't make any sense. There's no conversation. It's just, right, now you speak, and they write them something down, and they go, now you speak, and he writes something down. There's no, there's nothing, not, not a single, single sort of uh, piece of dialogue that makes yeah. sense based on the last piece of dialogue. This, th- Yeah, this felt like when you hear that a famous actor dropped by the side of his friend's movie but he's not in it Yeah. but that they just put everyone who dropped by <laughs> to visit into yeah. this into the fucking series into the episode they're like oh you're here you get a part oh <laughs> hey look who dropped by we're gonna put you in here yeah it was so just nonsense yeah yeah uh, um one of one of the uh one of the reviews I've, I, I read, and I, uh, I think it was by Michael S. Gant on Metroactive. He's, he, he's got a fantastic um, little quote that uh, sums up John from Cincinnati perfectly. It's, if Gary Boosie were a TV series, he would be John <laughs> from Cincinnati. <laughs> and... And it's just perfect, isn't it? It's just, it, that, that is the perfect summary of this series. Do you know what uncancelled means? Have you ever thought about what happened to those TV shows that were advertised every single week until their plug was ultimately pulled? Well, we have. Welcome to the show that's bringing that TV back from the grave. We review pilot and finale episodes of television series that disappeared as quickly as they debuted. Maybe we will like the show enough to want to bring life back into its corpse, or maybe it's better left dead. Will we leave it in the trash, or will we give it a second pass? Either way, this is Uncancelled, giving trash TV the chance it never deserved. Pause for station identification. Not satisfied? Head on over to Uncancelled on Patreon. For prices as low as $2.99 a month, you'll get early access to each and every episode this season, as well as outtakes and bonus content. That's patreon.com slash uncancelled. Uncancelled, it's a crumb! Ain't no more gonna die! And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Uncancelled. I'm your host, Brandon. Uh, Joining me today is someone who I'm going to allow to introduce themselves. My guest, go right ahead. Uh, What's your name? What do you do? Uh, uh, my name is Nate. Um, as you can tell, I'm from the UK. Um, yes. I uh, I'm a software developer by trade. Um, I'm a massive sports nut, and I do a podcast based on uh, well uh, around the NFL, 
over here in the UK called the Un-American Football Show. Now, football, American football, uh, North American football. <laughs> I'm from Canada, so right. we have our own. We have, I guess you call it American football. Yes, Still, the CFL, have, yeah, yeah. We have the CFL, but Canadian football and American football are not uh, European, English, uh, Premier League football. No. So is that, is that, uh, what do you guys, you guys just call it football? Then? We just call it football, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's. I know, so I know you call it. I know you. I know you call it soccer, but yeah, we just call it football. Yeah, you just call it, right, but then we call football the throwing with the fucking other whatever shape that ball is. Hand hand egg. People like to call it over here. Call it hand egg. Some people. Some people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, t- I tend to call. I tend to call it football these days. I've been a follower for so long that. It's football really, how me. long have you been following that? Um, so the first the, the first game I ever watched was the Super Bowl in 2006 7 um, okay, the Colt, Colt, Colts beat the Bears I'm a Colts fan okay, yeah, I literally, yeah, pick, I literally I picked the Colts that. 30 seconds before kickoff and then they went on to allow the Bears to score the fastest touchdown in NFL history so that was good <laughs> um, but I've, uh, yeah. I've, I've stayed 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 true to the Colts ever since that moment um, I didn't really, really heavily get into it until about 2014, 2015. Um, but it's been it's been an obsession pretty much ever since. So I've gone to loads of the games that have been played over here. Oh, so right it's, it's on. Great. That's cool. So how long has your podcast been going then? Where you um, discuss- so we're in the so we're in our second year of doing the podcast. Um, okay. no, we've got we've got a. Uh, a, a, a small but growing fan base. We've got we've got a sort of little Discord community around 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 football and around the podcast, which oh, that's cool. Has yeah. you know, there's probably about fifty members on there or so, and they most most of them listen regularly or semi regularly. So it's it's pretty good. So did you say what it was called? What's your podcast? Yeah, the, called? It's, it's called the Un American Football Show. Oh, you did say that. Yeah, right. you can the find Un-American us literally football. everywhere. Literally everywhere you Literally get everywhere. And you YouTube. Have one of those wonderful hosting platforms that just puts it out everywhere yeah. you can in- imagine. In- including tons of tons of them you've never heard of. So every now and then you stumble across yourself on yeah. random yeah, services. I've got, I've got that a couple times. Or I'll be um um I'll be you know collaborating with someone uh I've been doing this a couple of years, so I'll be collaborating with someone that I collaborated with six months ago or something like that. I'll be on their show and they're like, oh, yeah, I just checked out one of your episodes on the yeah, whatever. And it's like, oh, I didn't know that was the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, 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 loads, there's loads of like podcast scrapers, which will just find, will just search massive RSS feeds and just anything they don't already have scrape it in and just host it host it and let it be, let the users have access to it so you you, yeah. really, you really don't have to do like any of the legwork no not at all it does everything you need it to do and yeah it's funny you mentioned that you've been doing it about two years because it's i would say it's really blown up in the past two years with the covid and 
yeah. the state of the world, obviously. Everybody's been looking you, for new well, avenues. Yeah, yeah, I mean everybody yeah, every 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 man and his dog has a podcast, don't know these days, so <laughs> well, every man and his dog had a podcast within the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. You can go through uh it, those sites like uh Audrey where there's just a bunch of they don't they don't get rid of any podcast so you you go to collaborate with someone and you click their page and they haven't uploaded an episode in six months or a year mm-hmm. and you just get lot, rows and rows of ghost town podcasts yeah. it's like wonder what happened probably gave up expecting to be joe rogan overnight <laughs> yeah exactly not everybody gets that 100 million deal no and it took him i don't know i don't think he'd been doing it 10 years yeah i was gonna say close to that yeah so didn't happen overnight for him it's not gonna no. happen overnight for you and he had a following before that yeah uh Anyways, you have anything else before we jump into things? No, no, I'm, I'm eager to talk about this this nonsense. Alrighty, <laughs> yes. Uh, today's show, John from Cincinnati, the 2007 TV series by David Milch, who I believe was responsible for Deadwood. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. I'm going to read the summary because that's what I usually do and also I don't know if I could easily describe what's happening. (laughs) Uh, In Imperial Beach, California, the dysfunctional Yost family intersects with two new arrivals to the community a dim but wealthy surfing enthusiast and a man spurned by the Yosts years ago. That's, uh, I don't know if that quite covers all of it. <laughs> I don't know that any, any short description like that is ever going to do what, I don't, I don't know if it's ever going to do it justice. I don't think so. This has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, according to 4.8 thousand people. That's um, I, I like I like to think that uh, IMDb is where people who don't like watching television and films go to rate things, um, which basically means it's garbage. <laughs> you, oh, it, can't, it you, can't, you can't trust the IMDB ratings. You can't. No, the the top 250 will be filled with um, Bollywood films because a bunch of Indian people will jump on there and rate rate movies without ever having seen them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a bunch of trolls, and they actually shut they it, actually um, shut down the forums years ago because of yeah. the influx of. Weird. The um the series on um on Rotten Tomatoes has fifty eight percent. Rotten Smarties. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomato, yeah. Tomatoes. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's rotten a pretty. It's a, it, it, it's a pretty good. Um. It's a pretty good place to uh to get your reviews yeah. and stuff from. Yeah, it is. I find. 
IMDb has fans of the show though. So I like yeah. to I like to get the perspective <laughs> from the people who enjoyed it the most. Yeah. The rose tinted glasses. I'm not sure I was one of them. Uh this was yeah, um there's very interesting, complex characters. I think the casting is I mean, there's a ton of familiar faces. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's I think one of the things that surprised me is just how many people in the series I actually uh, recognize. Maybe not like you know, there were a few that I had to sort of look up their names. I knew that knew them from things, from a few things, but I didn't necessarily know who they were. Um, but you know, you, you kind of know what you're getting right off the bat because the first thing you see is Luke Perry. Yes, <laughs> Luke Perry, yeah, of course, from 90210. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay from Rick's Risky Business, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, uh, past century movie star. Uh, Grayson Fletcher, I think he was in... I'm not sure he's Lord, really done anything else. Lords of Dogtown? No, I, I don't think no, he was, because that's, gr- that's a great film. No, he wasn't in that. No, no, he looks like he belonged in that. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that there's a massive casting mishap there. That he's not gone for that. I don't think he's been in much. He's been in a couple of documentaries since, but that's about it. Yeah, he's not done much. He looks like I don't know what he looks like. Um, you got Bruce Greenwood. Uh, I think Seventh Heaven, Seventh Heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, Ed O'Neill. Bunch. Yeah, Ed O'Neill, uh, Modern Family, and uh, Married with Children. Yes, Luis Guzman. Yeah, uh, uh, Luis Guzman. He's been in everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he has, he has, he's played the same character in absolutely everything, hasn't he? Yeah, he just plays himself, basically. Uh, the list goes on. You have. Uh, Paula Malcolmson, who is in another series on this list that we've reviewed, Caprica. This is the second time she's <laughs> appeared on a show in this list. Which, which doesn't bode well from, for her career, does it? <laughs> no, but she did get uh, lucky with the Ray Donovan where she plays his wife, and she's got a, a huge role in that. So she eventually she figured it out. She got got the right part and stuck with it. Got got a better agent. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Not these. (laughs) I mean, they just made a movie of that, so that's about a success. Yeah, pardon me. As successful a TV Mm. show as you can get, if you get a. I think Mm -hmm. we have eight seasons, and now there's a movie, so it doesn't get. You don't get much more milk from the cow. Yeah. I don't know who plays John from Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not sure his name. But, oh, Austin Nichols. John Monad. I don't remember ever hearing his last name, but John Monad. John from Cincinnati. I think the only time it's mentioned is when uh, Butchie screams it when they're in the ocean. There's a particular particular line that he, like, shouts that I've, uh, I sort of was the only enjoyable bit of episode one, I think. But. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I've never seen anything else from David Milch. I haven't seen Deadwood or anything like that. I'm not sure if he always makes super um, bizarre. I don't know. Like, so I, I read a few. I read a, I read a couple of uh, of reviews from critics, and they were bemused at the strange turn of John from Cincinnati compared to. Deadwood. I've not seen Deadwood either, so I don't want to talk about that too much. No, with that. But I know it was but highly yeah. regarded and yeah. popular. Yeah, and and John from Cincinnati seems to have completely derailed uh, whatever momentum Deadwood gave him. Yeah, <laughs> that is, having now seen it, I can understand why. Uh Yeah, let's just get into episode one. Sure. First episode. Series premiere. The lives of three generations of surfers are upended by the appearance of a mysterious stranger. Yeah, kind of a family of surfing extraordinaires. You have a a grandfather, uh, a son, a grandson. They're all were at one point or are about to be top surfers of their generation. The grandfather blew out his knee. Something happened with his knee. That ended his career. The son got heavy into drugs. That ended his career. And the jury's still out on the grandson. What's going to happen to him? Probably the father and the grandfather are going to fuck up his career somehow. That's what it seems. That's the vibe I got. Um, Of course, the grandson, Sean is in the custody of his grandparents because the dad is, of course, a drug addict. And then... How soon into the thing do we see... I feel it's in the first five to ten minutes where we see Bruce Greenwood, the grandfather, he starts floating, levitating. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how far... In it's 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 before the title sequence, isn't it? It's part of the it's part of the sort of the cold open. Um, it's pretty soon, yeah. Did you pick up on why he's at any point? I mean, I know I know the sort of the premise of this is we watch episode one, episode ten. I absolutely have not wasted my time watching two through nine. I have got no, no. idea why he levitates. No, I all. thought that was going to be. I thought there was a connection between him and this stranger, John. They would somehow have some sort of connection. There would be yeah. some something happening. And there's absolutely nothing, is there? No. He thinks he has a, a tumor, and he tells Rebecca De Mornay, his yeah. wife, that he thinks he's dying and has a brain tumor because he's levitating. But he thinks he's imagining it until... Yeah. There's witnesses. So his son, are they in the police station or the hospital? Rather, I think I can't remember. One of the two. In the police station. Yeah, that's right. After, yeah. after oh, after the the, the failed suicide attempts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I was confused about just that because also. Also, the grandmother, Rebecca De Mornay, got arrested, so I thought they were there for her. And then out comes yeah. this suicidal guy, and it was... Ah. Yeah, and there's a tire blowout. So, so I, I think we need to go back 
and say that John appears to have some sort of special power, right? Whether it's performing miracles or he's just magic, I, it doesn't really get into it. I think it's supposed to be like he can perform some sort of miracles, right? Because he's got a sort of quasi-mystical religious thing going on where he, pre- he sort of preaches, doesn't he? A little bit about, you know, like one of the, one of his things is that um, Mi- uh, Mitch needs to get back in the game. He keeps yeah. repeating that, and then he says, "This is oh, this is the end of times, or this the end is coming, or something, something along those lines." And he says it a lot, and he just sort of. But then, other than those very strange things, all he does is repeat things other people say. Yeah, he basically mimics and stares there like a deer in the headlights. He makes uh, he makes he makes he makes Forrest Gump sound intelligent. <laughs> he just he just yeah. came across as vacant and simple minded. Yeah, and I got was, a Rain Man vibe. Like Dustin yeah. Hoffman and Rain Man. Yeah, so, and I don't know whether you're supposed to be confused or a bit like interested by him, but I just wanted to hit him. I I just wanted to say shut the fuck up. Yeah. I don't know why. Um this is jumping ahead and I don't want to get too far ahead. But in the last episode, uh I think it's Luke Perry where he comes and uh, the Yost, the, the fucking, what's it, it what's the stupid son's name? Not the grandson. What's his Butchie. dad? The truck at it? Butchie. Butchie's like, come on, Sean, we gotta go or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'll watch John. And then they just have a casual and conversation. They, and they sit down, they just sit down in the car park or like, you know, the, yeah, just, and I didn't just outside understand. the building on the, on the tarmac. Yeah, and I didn't understand why they're mo- like so casually, I guess, babysitting this guy. The di- yeah, I d- I f- blows my blows I didn't my, know, blows like, my I mind. Thought they, I thought he was going to tie him up and torture him or something like that. <laughs> what, like- what I don't really understand is how, even in episode one, they just accept that John's there now. Yeah. No one sort of, I, no one's like, you know, everyone's sort of going, who's that? But she's like, oh, that's John. And everyone's like, okay, cool. Except Ed O'Neill, who I'm not sure who, how the fuck he yeah. Yeah, was a part of what. Yeah, his, I don't know. He was the most confusing part because he was just kind of there. Everyone was the, kind well, of just former, there. He was a former, formerly a, the, uh, I don't know what you call it, but the, he was formerly one of the like local police officers, wasn't he? Um, uh, he'd yeah, been he'd been I forced so, he'd been yeah. forced into retirement, and he was still part of the community. So he just sort of one of those guys that in the community that knows everybody. But yeah, and he was just there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the yeah. Time. And again, that, that's what really annoys me about uh, about this is there has to be some every every show that has quite a big cast of same like main characters which this kind of does you know to have this there's seven eight nine kind of main characters in this yeah you kind of need to introduce them and actually give them some kind of backstory even if you're kind of vague about it there has to be some kind of backstory and you kind of have to you you should be explaining 
how people are involved with each other, why people are involved, what they're doing there, why they're here. <laughs> it's not all yeah. that. It's not all that difficult to do. I mean, it can it can it can be incredibly difficult to weave vague sort of. Uh, people that you kind of want to leave with an air of mysticism to them in. But there's absolutely no attempt in this to say, this is why he's here. This is what he's doing. I think, and I think the writing for John is what really makes that fall apart. The rest of the guys, you know, you you can kind of accept, okay, well, you know, Bill's just that retired policeman. He's in the community. He's there. Sure. Whatever. You know, Ramon, he's the, he's, I don't know what he does at the, he's at the motel or whatever it is. All these guys are at the motel. They're doing, doing their thing. Yeah. Obviously the family kind of, you know, you don't need to explain the family ties or even though, you know, it's probably a good idea to go into a bit more detail about why they're so dysfunctional, but you've got to be able to have John tell someone why he's there. And yes. when, when all he can do is repeat what other characters say and then preach this absolute nonsense about but Mitch needing to be backing the game and that the end yeah. is near this it just, just does nothing does it no it nothing that's my biggest problem is I felt nothing happened and every time there seemed like something was going to happen, they would yeah. just switch to introduce a new character. Yeah. That, that that's 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 a good point. The, the first episode is 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 insane because they managed to have absolutely nothing happen, but for it to be absolutely chaotic at the same time. Yeah, it was absolutely sort of chaotic. Talent, talent there's there's almost talent in being was being able to make nothing chaotic. <laughs> there truly was it was just flipping from person to person and then when that person was done speaking it would introduce a new person who was speaking to another person and it was the only thing that would made it compelling was that it was all people you recognize their faces it was all familiar faces yeah 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 and i think i think i mean i think i think one of the problems one of the massive things that this this suffers from is incredibly stiff acting right like if you had people that were really on their game at that point in time not to say that they were all bad actors in this i mean obviously like we mentioned Lee perry let's forget about him like there are some relatively renowned actors um, in yeah, the, in this, absolutely. but the acting was dreadful. They, 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 it looked like a bunch of people that had been thrown into a room five minutes before and said, "Okay, <laughs> here we go, away you go." And there's no there's no chemistry between any of the characters. Um, yeah, I've got to say uh, the character Sissy, which is the grandmother. Yeah, Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah. The writing for that character is absolute, like probably the worst in the show. It's absolutely abysmal and it's clearly written by a dude who really hates women <laughs> right because she is yeah non-stop ball busting pain in the ass there's no redeeming features about that woman other than the fact that she obviously cares about her grandson but that's the easiest thing to write because you just say have her say i care about him 10 times and the mission achieved right <laughs> like it's yeah. just oh i i, I just um, the, the characters the characters are completely unrelatable and unbelievable as human beings yeah it was very bizarre to me it was it's funny you mentioned 
five minutes before everyone got shoved into a room. It was almost, I saw this documentary on how they made, uh, what's that song? Do they know it's Christmas? Yeah. Song? yeah. The band aid yeah. thing. Yeah. And how they reached out to all these artists. And when the time came, they didn't know who was going to show up. Mm-hmm. And then it just so happened that everybody showed up yeah. and they managed yeah. to kind of figure it out because of how talented they were. They were all at the top of their game. Yeah, this and is the opposite of that. Yeah. This <laughs> is all in, kind in, of in, over in, the hill people. It might have literally been, oh, well, we've, we're recording this next week. If you get here first, you've got the part. It damn well could have been. It was like... Or it was a guy with connections who was like, hey, this is my new show. I just had a successful one. Do you want to be in it? Yeah, that's, that's what he was sitting on, really. That's what he wanted to make the entire time when he was making something else that he obviously didn't really want to make, but was Probably, forced to make yeah. something that made sense and you know, that had appeal. This was, <clears throat> I think, the at the end of, at the end of episode one, I was... I was glad that it was over. <laughs> the the plot yeah. the plot just paper thin. There's no they couldn't they couldn't fit any sort of side plots or subplots in because the the main plot is so paper thin but filled up so much time establishing itself that there's no space for anything else. And again, like with with the writing and everything <laughs> else being so unbelievable, it's almost talented making chaos out of nothing again it's the same sort of thing it's almost incredible that they've managed to make such an empty substanceless plot take up so much so much time to establish um and honest honestly but i I said to my wife um i absolutely understand why this was cancelled after one serious season but how on earth was it commissioned in the first place like that's the bigger question (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, well, ten episodes. <laughs> like, mm. like, like that. Aren't, aren't things in the US usually canned after a bad plot pilot? Yeah, usually it never gets ordered. If the pilot is, there's yeah. plenty of pilots that have never been yeah. to order because they're trash. Yeah, yeah. This or, this this for is whatever reason. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is probably a show that absolutely should never have been made. Yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> to, <laughs> I wanted to touch on you said the characters are so unrelatable and remember that scene between Bruce Greenwood his character and Butchie that the father and son right I think I think it's in the police station just before he levitates yeah and they're apologizing to each other like, and just, it was such a weird, there was no emotion involved. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't how it should have happened at all. It was like, oh, I'm sorry. I think I was frustrated because some stupid reason. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. And then Butchie is like, yeah, I was frustrated because I got, uh, beat out on a crack deal or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Bruce Greenwood just kind of nodded his head like yeah, yeah. and he yeah. wasn't versus them screaming at each other before and, <laughs> yeah, it's, and he's uh, just accepting that his son is a fucking drug addicted 
be deadbeat father. Or? Yeah, like you see, this, this, this is what really, this is what actually like really pisses me off about this. Right, is that that's re- that's that's like a really relatable situation. Like parent parents being disappointed with the choices their children are making, and their children children striving to to do something, but having demons and them getting the better of them, just a person in general, not even a childbirth, someone having demons and them getting the better of them. There's absolutely somewhere that you could go with this. There's not, it's, I don't think it would be that difficult to turn it into somewhat of a believable thing. Obviously you have to scrap John, just cut him out of the show entirely. Yeah. All of that nonsense. Get, Get rid of the levitating, focus it around the fact, the Yost family, the fact that this kid's, could be the next in the in the world beating generation of surfers, right? Could be the next big thing in surfing, like his dad and his grandfather were before him. And um, make it about his battle trying to overcome the family fuck ups before, you know, with the injured grandfather and the druggy dad. The dr- and you know, his dad has has a battle with addiction or whatever. There's there's I mean it's a show that's probably been done a hundred times. But like there's Absolutely. a there's a story that people can relate to maybe not like on every angle but we all know we all, we all understand the to a certain level the, the sort of the, the the human struggle don't we so yeah. for it to have that dangled in front of you and then instead what you get is basically a, a two dollar clown doing party tricks <laughs> and some dude levitating like what the fuck how did we end up with this <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> uh, that's what I was focused on in the first episode. And I gave it... Uh, I didn't know what to rate it, but I, I had hope, I guess, that it was... I blocked out the John stuff, and I was like, okay, that's yeah. a weird subplot. Uh, obviously, it's called John from Cincinnati, so this guy is going to have something to do with it. But... Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll focus more on this relationship, and they're all dysfunctional, yeah. obviously, and and that's the most fascinating part. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I was hopeful at the end of the first episode, even though, um, well, I thought maybe there was a connection between the grandfather and Butchie not wanting Sean to go to this surfing tournament. And not wanting his uh, yeah, and that's, promo tapes out there. Yeah, and that's never explained. I mean, I guess they're just worried worried that he they, he's going to follow the same path, right? But yeah, well, I thought it was because. But it, it's never end, clear, is it? No, I thought it was because at the end, when I think it's his mom that shows up, but you don't yeah. know quite that it's his mom yet. That mm-hmm. isn't made clear, and I thought it was intentional. <laughs> but we find out that it's never really made entirely clear. Besides Sean, that uh, is dead, just as wooden as can be. Go, thanks, mom, like yeah. twenty times in the final episode. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, yeah, he, he I start, thought Sean started to basically like become John a little bit, didn't he? In yes. the, that final episode. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought, um, yeah, at the end there when she's like, Sean Yost is in blah blah bleak beach or whatever and there's the other guy on the phone i I can't even remember who it was who at this point 
but I thought that was like, okay, they didn't want him to go anywhere because they didn't want, because he, they, they did something and this kid is going to be kidnapped or, or something <laughs> yeah. because, you know, the, something that the, the father got into some drug deal gone bad or, or some debt he has to pay some, they got involved in some family shit and this grandson is going to have to pay. So they have to protect him for some reason. But yeah, then that never seemed to happen. I don't think anything happened. If we go, (laughs) if we jump into the final episode, last episode, no, I mean, yes, I, I've got, I sort of have a theory, right, about a good show should be somewhat predictable, that you should should be able to feel kind of where it's going to go. Obviously, twists and turns and, and things are going to happen. Yeah. But generally, you've got a good idea of the route. you got a good idea of where it's going to end yeah, like, and like, looking like forward me, to how it gets there, right? Like my, my wife and I are currently watching season one of The Witcher. I haven't played any okay, of the games yeah. or read the books or anything, but we're watching The Witcher. And I, if, 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 I mean, we haven't watched the episode for a few days, so I've completely forgotten now. But I was sort of saying to her, like, I kind of, it's, it's feeling very predictable. Not that it's bad that it's being predictable, but like you kind of get a sense of comfort and you get something from the show thinking, ah, oh, no, I know where this is going. That's cool. I, I'm looking forward to seeing this. It's just not. It's just not the case with John from Cincinnati. I think if you'd have asked me where the show was going going after episode one, I would never have predicted episode ten. Not in a hundred attempts would I get anywhere close to what the finale was. Um, <laughs> and that was. Can we just say? Uh, sorry to cut you off, but that was the season finale. Like this wasn't cancelled, yeah. Prematurely, no. That was the that end. That was yeah. meant to end the first season. Yeah, um, they had everything. Like, I think, um, yeah it 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 manages to be it manages to try and be a drama without being dramatic, a comedy without being comedic. There's it's both everything and nothing at the same time. And it just, I think that's, I think that's a large piece of why this show fails because it just doesn't know what the, like the show doesn't know what it is. The writers didn't yeah. know, what, didn't know what the show was. There wasn't any end. There wasn't any end goal. Um, and I, I assume they kind of left season one open ended and a bit confusing because they were hoping for a follow up. But honestly, I don't even want to think about where season two is going to go because I'm going to give myself an aneurysm thinking about it. <laughs> More characters. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. God. It, yeah. More over-the-hill <laughs> actors. Gosh, I don't know where that would head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> episode 10, without further ado. His visit, day nine. Butchie, by the way, episode 10, his visit day nine, you'd think it would follow a theme uh, because episode one was his visit day one. Yeah. But they named a middle episode something entirely different. I have to look up what that is. Uh, It was... It was... 
Oh, never mind. Okay, they had his visit day two continued in episode three. So is this per... They really tried to do something different by having a two-part second episode instead of a two-part pilot? Is that what happened, I guess? Possibly, I don't know, I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, uh, episode 10, Butchie and Kai wake up to a joyous revelation. Imperial Beach plays host to a makeshift parade organized by a revamped stinkweed. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, a, what a name for a surf company. Stinkweed. Fuck me. I don't know what I didn't even know that was the name. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I gathered when they were were up on stage talking about stinkweeds, but like they were talking about stinkweed for for half an hour before you had any inkling what stinkweed was. Yeah, you didn't know anything, and and Luke Perry is fucking or who the fuck is it that whoever the fuck is screaming in the in the megaphone like yeah Luke Perry basically yeah. giving you uh was that a series review what was that it sounded <laughs> like he was explaining what happened oh, I, the, I, it made absolutely no sense so yeah it probably was a series review wasn't it it sounded like he was explaining everything that happened up to that point in case no one understood because no one did yeah yeah and I've never and seen that- someone have to explain. Usually, they do a recap with scenes yeah. in the beginning of the final episode. Yeah, but instead, they have some guy yelling on a megaphone at the end, at the end, to explain everything. But there, there was a weird yeah. subplot in this episode as well, where obviously it'd been running. It, it must, it, it must have. Been, well, I say it must have been running for a couple of episodes at least, but no initiate. That without any introducing these characters, it's probably just all of a sudden there were some guy, other guys at the motel. But it was uh, Dayton Callie and some uh, some other guy, you know, in the in the like the black tank tops, doing some sort yeah. of shady deal with a Mexican dude. Yeah, those guys were recognizable. But, um, but I didn't... what? But I, I've got no idea what that was about. I've got no idea. Like, they seem to be doing a deal about something. And the Mexican dude showed up again, and like everyone looked angry. And he sort of walks up. They exchange a couple of words, which was just sort of like, "You in? Yeah." The bump fists, and the Mexican dude leaves. I'm like, "What? What the fuck uh, is that?" Yeah, I, no, I, honestly, he... no idea, no idea. Yeah, when when the the shorter. Uh, that fatter guy in the black tank top goes to the other guy in the black tank top. Go up. Now's your chance. Yeah. And he goes and he speaks to the, I can't remember who it was. Some it was of the, the, guy, the guy that was, the guy that was going to kill himself in the first episode. Yes. It was the, yeah, the million, the lottery winner. Yeah. And sw- does he start speaking in gibberish? <laughs> I didn't understand. I think I think uh, I, I think he's he goes he up he goes up and sort of pretends to talk to the guy, just so it looks like he's talking to him, so he can go back to the guy with the tank top and say, "Oh yeah, he said this, he said nothing." But but honestly, it's it was absolute nonsense. So I, how anyone's supposed to understand the, the, that subplot is beyond me. Um, 
Um, yeah, Ed O'Neill. What did he have to do? He had nothing to do. <laughs> he was just all he all he all he did was watch John. Yeah, and be suspicious of John. Which, to be fair, is probably the most the thing that makes the most sense throughout this entire series. Is the fact that someone was like, "This dude ain't fucking right." Yeah, he was the only one who. Yeah, he was the yeah. one who kept it. Who I think he was the one meant to keep it grounded, but it yeah. just wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then he had his own crazy stuff happening where he's talking to with oh, his little parrot bed his, his, parrot. His, his parrot the way in episode one was revived he, he found him dead and all of a sudden is alive again yeah and in the final episode he's talking to an empty bed yeah which i assume <laughs> is his wife's bed i would she was spent a, she had a long time sick and he's not quite over it, and that's because he was saying it was the first time he's been able to go upstairs and and go back into the room. But like, what? That that's clearly the first time that's been mentioned, and that's the that's, and that's the final fucking scene. Yeah, that's it. I put that that was my pick, by the way, for worst scene. <laughs> yeah, I I really I really struggled with it, so I just went with the last one. Basically, I really struggled to pick out the worst scene because every single scene was absolute shite. Yeah, that's... But, but that one to close a series with a non like non main character, like he's definitely supporting cast, right? He's not a leading leading character. Talking mm-hmm. to who I can only assume is his dead wife. It's never clear. He and just then the sort parrot of, comes flying in. Yeah, he just sort of babbles for a couple of couple of minutes. The parrot appears, and that's it. That's 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 all we've got on John John from Cincinnati. Yeah, it's, I, it's I kind of thought... it's kind of a fitting fitting epitaph for for the series, isn't it? They all just yeah. walk, just babbling at an empty empty bed. Yeah, I don't understand. Like we've said again, but this time. I had lost all hope at the point where Rebecca De Mornay comes and she, fucking Bruce Greenwood is basically floated oh. to the roof at this point. And, and he spends like, his he father's spends, floating again. He spends almost the entire episode just floating. There, there, there are a couple of really, really well framed shots. Like cause we're, we're being really, we're being really critical of lots of this, like the writing and the acting. But the direction and like the art direction, the framing of the shots, the cinema cinema photography in a lot of this series is as bad as the rest. You know, the the panning and the zooming through three sequences is dreadful. The camera positions are wrong more often than not. Where they're asking characters to sit down whilst they're conversing is just dumb and makes no sense. There are a couple of really good and really well framed shots of um, Mitch floating in the living room floating in the lounge where the shots come from the kitchen and all you can see is his legs sort of dangling and it looks like he's yeah. hung himself but everybody else just stood around chatting it's fucking hilarious <laughs> it's so funny i'm sat there just looking and like you can see his legs sort of dangling and everybody else is just stood there chatting it's beautiful yeah it's per- <laughs> like those those shots like you know you know somebody sat there like one of the producers sat there proper pissing himself laughing <laughs> because he's done that on purpose and no one's gone we shouldn't do that 
we shouldn't make it look like he's killed himself. He's got away with yeah. that, and he's having a right old laugh. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, that was good. Um, where she comes and she comes screaming that he's floating again, and then Butchie is like, "Oh shit, Sean, we gotta go." And it was like they, I think they just got back to the motel at that yeah, point. Yeah, they literally just climbed out of the car, and and then it's back we've in. Got to go at that again. point, I was just like, "Fuck this." <laughs> Fuck you. Like, what the hell? It was just all hope had left of any sort of semblance of sense. It, uh, it was just a back and it felt like a back and forth of a bunch of characters that were played by familiar face doctors. And there was no that nothing what I'd, li- what I'd like to think is they've sat down in a room before they've recorded this and everybody's written themselves dialogue but they've got no idea what any of the other characters are going to say so it doesn't make any sense there's no conversation it's just right now you speak and they write them something down and they go now you speak and he writes something down there's no there's nothing not, not a single single sort of uh piece of dialogue that makes yeah. sense based on the last piece of dialogue. This, th- Yeah, this felt like when you hear that a famous actor dropped by the side of his friend's movie, but he's not in it, yeah. but that they just put everyone who dropped by <laughs> to visit into, yeah. this, into the fucking series, into the episode. They're like, oh, you're here. You get a part. Oh, <laughs> hey, look who dropped by. We're going to put you in here. Yeah. It was so just nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, one, one of the uh, one of the reviews I've, I, I read, and I, uh, I think it was by Michael S. Gant on Metroactive. He's, he's got a fantastic um, little quote that uh, sums up John from Cincinnati perfectly. If Gary Boosie were a TV series, he would be John from (laughs) Cincinnati. (laughs) And and it's just perfect, isn't it? it, That that is the perfect summary of this series. That is absolutely 100% accurate beyond... Yeah, this is a scene... Uh, in the Celebrity Apprentice, where Meatloaf and Gary Busey, where Meatloaf yells at Gary Busey, and Gary Busey just stares and just makes a weird face because he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, and that was every scene in John from Cincinnati. There's a bunch of passionate arguments, and then weird interactions, and then random monologues especially the car dealership where this guy just starts rambling nonsense about an El Camino or whatever it was, Monte Carlo. I can't remember the car. He be, Probably because he barely mentioned it in whatever rambling monologue he went off on. And then he goes, 50000 And John has $50,000 in his coat pocket i guess and slams it down and that was that sums up john from cincinnati's random is random shit that only they know what's happening 
It's like they're all in on the joke. I have no... My rating is question mark out of 10 because... I... <laughs> um, so I rated episode one four out of 10 because despite the fact that it was largely nonsense, there was potential if yes. you kind of got rid of the stupidity... If you got rid of John and you focus and you focus on the the family dynamic and the tension in the family and everything else was a subplot to that, which I feel, which the writers probably feel like they achieved, or at least you know I hope they I hope they feel like they achieved that because otherwise they'd never have released it. Um, then there was potential, however. Uh, yeah, four out of ten is as far as I could go. Um, episode ten, I gave it two out of ten. Um, ten started strange and finished as it started. Complete chaos and absolute horseshit. Yeah, I felt, and, and it- I think overall, I think probably two out. I'll settle on two out of ten for John for John from Cincinnati. I gave it a five out of ten. Just because I, I don't really know how to rate it, so it was like fifty percent down the middle. Uh, but yeah, your rating is fairly accurate for this. Uh, it wasn't horribly like bad production values or anything, like from a production no, standpoint. No, I mean it's not. It's 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 not. It's not like it's. Tommy Wiseau in yeah, the room, no. is it? It's it's at least there's you know they they they've clearly whoever the f- it was at HBO, I don't know who it was. Whoever the f- whoever sure. the hell commissioned this, like they obviously threw a little bit of money at it, and at, le- at least you know it was made with some kind of uh with some kind of production value. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all, that's, all, that's all it had going for it. <laughs> yeah, I put that. I don't understand anything that the point of anything that happened. Yeah, and that's not because I missed most of the episodes. I don't feel like that is the reason. No, I feel it no, because I, I would be none the wiser. I'd be none the wiser <laughs> if I watched all of it. Yeah, nothing happened. It, Everything happened, but nothing happened. There was a yeah. bunch going, a bunch of nothing happening. You know, like quite quite often, um, you know, like well, maybe not quite, maybe not everything. But there's there's, there's often allegory in in shows like this where you know they, there's subplots and there's hidden meanings behind stuff, and there's you know, and and art is meant to mirror reality in some way. And there's you know, there's absolutely none of that here. At all, it's just absolutely bonkers. It was off the wall. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah, um, better episode overall. Better episode. Well, it was episode one was better than episode ten. Episode ten was possibly the worst thing I've ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> it was a travesty. It was any hope that you had for an interesting drama was gone. It was crushed, wasn't it? Ten, 10 absolutely crushed any hope that you had for the series. 
Yes. Which which probably would have been crushed in series episode two had we persevered and gone through the entire thing. But yeah. Yeah, episode ten was the final nail in the coffin. Uh, and, it's mo- and by that point, it was more metal than it was wood, the coffin. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, the pilot is a better episode, if only because you don't realize it's just going to be a massive... <laughs> you don't realize it's going to continue on the exact same trajectory. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, a circle jerk of whatever the frig... I don't know. Some failed David Lynch... Thing I I don't even know. I'm so confused about. Ah, uh, <laughs> I'd have lost for words. <clears throat> what that was. Yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> worst scene. Worst scene. It has to be the end of the last final scene, episode ten. Bill talking about it to his dead wife. Just proper bollocks. Yeah, uh, I put what I I already talked about. That is, that's a, that's definitely up there. I put that it was a scene where I lost all hope of anything at all. Where they get out of the car, she screams, "Your father's floating again!" They get back in the car. Like, yeah, it's like at that point, everything is. This is if you didn't already give up at that point. It's over. All hope. Yeah. Uh, John from Cincinnati. Any scene with him was not good. Yeah. Except maybe where Ed O'Neill in the police station is like, "Who the fuck are you?" (laughs) It's like, well, maybe we'll get some answers. Like, this is going to. Yeah. But the, the, but, but the fact that but the fact that Bill in episode ten was still asking the same question about who you, who are you I'm watching you it's uh, <laughs> it clearly wasn't answered was it No it was not nothing was answered it raised more questions than it answered mm-hmm. and there were there's already a bunch of questions you have going into oh yeah the pilot like yeah. of any TV show you yeah. have questions and. This raised questions without any answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, unintentionally hilarious thing. Unintentionally hilarious, aka it's so funny I forgot to laugh. Oh, it's, it's got to be Barry and Ramon um, talking about Barry's bears being violated. <laughs> it wasn't. Is that it, in it, the it's. It's not no that 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 was that was when um the uh, the two dudes in all dressed all in black who were doing a shady deal like one of them came over and like whispered some nonsense to him to make it look like oh, they were yes. conversation yeah. and then went back like the the idea that like, he went over there to tell him that he didn't like his bears sitting together what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck and then they were stood there literally talking about the fact that his bears like were not getting violated or were getting violated or something it's I don't I don't think it's supposed to be funny. I don't think it's supposed to be funny because I don't think anything in this show is supposed to be funny. It's fucking absolutely unhinged. It's (laughs) deranged beyond belief. This was a mess. This was an absolute mess. I've never seen such a... The the best... Just going back, we've done the worst thing. The best scene, by far, 
because I think that I think it's the I think it's the final scene of episode one, which uh, kind of gave it gave me a little bit of hope for what the rest of the series would become, because it was Buck. Oh no, not Buck. Was his name Butchie, which is the worst character name in the history of character names. Butchie, yeah. Sean, and John out on that out surfing. Mm-hmm. Sean sort of gets up his board, surfs away, la la la. John does. John John's doing the same, and Butchie turns round and he shouts, "Somebody call an ambulance!" Johnny Monad just put that wave in the ICU. <laughs> which is a beautiful line. He said he said it with pure glee. It's just about the only line in the entire series that's delivered believably, right? And just at that moment, you kind of think, okay, so this is where it's going. John is there to help repair the relationship between Sean and Butchie and potentially Butchie and Mitch by getting them back in the water, surfing, making something happen. He's there. You don't you're not necessarily gonna feel it or know it, or you know, it's not gonna be obvious from the way he engages, but that's gonna it's gonna be a it's kind of gonna be a uh redemption arc for the family. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I mean I think I think that I I think that is the intention because at the end when they're all paraded around as signing first whatever skunk weed or spunk weed or whatever the fucking name of the company's called. Um when they're stink all being weed. stink weed, <laughs> when all being paraded around as like they've signed with us and Sean's gonna surf for us and we're gonna put do whatever. And Luke Perry's character's like, I'm gonna step away so I don't fuck everything up. Um I think that is the redemption there. I think that's the arc complete. But it's just so absolutely nonsensical and nothing else in the entire series that we've seen leans into showing us that at all. So either we've missed a beautiful arc through that middle, but I can I would put my money on it being completely and utterly unclear to everybody, including the writers, as to what the arc actually is and how how the redemption comes across. And how is it how it's achieved, sorry. I will say one thing, and that's what you touched on. Nothing was obvious in this. No. Nothing was obvious. It, I couldn't tell you anything that happened that I would have seen happening. Besides more nonsense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh <clears throat> Would you watch the rest? No, no. I, I always feel I, I already feel like I've lost two hours of my life watching this garbage. There's absolutely no way I'm throwing away another eight. I I I'm so am... glad I didn't buy the entire series. I just bought these two episodes. Oh gosh, I found <laughs> it on. I, I found it on a. I got an Android box. I found it on that. Right. Lucky it had like Russian subtitles in the bottom, but that was <laughs> fine. That was fine. Uh, I kind of want to watch another episode, maybe the first ten minutes, just to see 
if there's anything. You should, you should I don't watch, know which one. You should watch episode five. Because yeah, that, right that, down the middle. That's because that, because obviously, like, that's right down the middle. That should be that should be the most chaotic episode, but have that spark of redemption. If it's if if it's got none of it and it's just fucking nonsense, then you know not to bother with the rest. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I think you'll know within the first five minutes, two minutes, probably. Yeah, within the first two minutes of yeah. episode five, you would know based off these other two episodes whether it's going to be any different or whether it's not because well or maybe not because i i don't know i i don't <laughs> i i don't know probably not worth it at all no um are we uncanceling john from cincinnati Right, replace the cast, the production team, the directors and the writers, get rid of John and his bullshit, and get rid of the fucking levitating. I could see it working, basically, as we've just sort of described it as a movie, where you've got the struggle, the family familial struggle between the three generations of surfers and and something happening to bring them back together and and stuff it could i think that there is actually a story that you could tell well underneath all the bullshit but the reality of it is fuck no we're not cancelling it (laughs) uncancelled oh hell no because you could because if you're gonna uncancel it you've got to bring most of the cast and most of the same production staff and writers and stuff back. We're not rebooting it, are we? We're we're uncancelling it and uh, so no, well, so no. It's kind of open ended. I mean, and even and think- and even then, sorry, it just say even then with what I what I said, like replace everything and everyone and remove the main character. Then you're just not making John from Cincinnati. You're making something else that is loosely based on Johnson John from Cincinnati. Stinkweed. Call it call it call it call it call it stinkweed. I mean, but that could be like that could be the the plot. That could be, you know, st- the the owner, the the this guy from Stinkweed ruined Butchie's career, and now he's trying to get his hands on Sean, and that was what brings the family back together, and they defeat the evil Lord fucking Luke Perry. Yeah. I think that's the interesting. We just fixed John from Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's the interesting thing in John from Cincinnati. And if they got rid of everything else and they stopped plugging in a bunch of faces to cover up plot holes or no- nothingness. Dead space. Then, yeah, that is, yeah. It's everything. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Everything on John Cincinnati is filler. There's no substance. It's just filler. It's pure filler. There's no. There's no hits. <laughs> all filler, no killer. <laughs> John from Cincinnati, you're cancelled, and you'll stay that way, and forever. We hope. burn it. Burn yeah. all the copies. Yeah. It should Deleted. be more. It should be more. It should be more difficult to get hold of a copy. 
It should be. It shouldn't have been so easy to find. Uh, I'm having trouble finding one. I'm having trouble finding Pasadena on this list. And I feel John from Cincinnati should be much harder to find because there's it nothing. Is Pasadena a TV show? It is, yeah. Oh, it's a, and it's a only, soap opera. Oh, boy. There's only Russian, a dubbed over Russian copy on YouTube. <laughs> it's yeah, that would it's, probably make it more you enjoyable. You can hear though, it right? in English faintly, but it's just dubbed over by a Russian, like Russian voice actors. I, yeah, this wow. might John from Cincinnati should be dubbed over in Russian. That yeah. would make it. Yeah. Then you know that you're not going to understand it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Put a fork in it, it's done. So uncancelled, it's a crumb. Ain't no more gonna die. Wait a minute. Throw some Oz in there. What's your hurry?